really tough to be single. And at the same time, the best thing to do is to wait until you can find someone who lights up for you and who gets you to light up for them. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by Champion System Custom Cycling, Running, and Triathlon Apparel. Their website is champ-sys.com, C-H-A-M-P-S-Y-S.com. Why do I love Champion System and why is it the cycling and triathlon gear that I use? Well, for starters, the chamois in the shorts are amazing. I wore my Champion System bibs for the Dirty Kanza back in June. That's right, 206 miles and about 16 hours in the saddle and I didn't have a single issue. In addition, their gear is really, really awesome. It's lightweight, zippers are great, seams are great. As I mentioned, the chamois is great. I love their cycling gear, but also their triathlon and their running gear. And I've worked with them for several different custom kits that I've designed. Their art department is really, really easy to work with. And their production time frame is actually among the shortest in the industry. It's about four to six weeks from design submission until your goodies are on your doorstep. Not only that, but the folks behind Champion System are some of the people that have been with me since the beginning of my cycling career, and they are based in my home state of Nebraska. So you are in good hands if you do your business with Champion System. I can't recommend them enough. Visit their website at champ-sys.com and tell them that Megan at Maximum Enthusiasm sent you. Hey, listeners, welcome back. It is late February 2019, and I don't know about you, but I am ready for summer already and ready to just really dig into this year. I have recently re-evaluated my goals for 2019 and have actually switched them up quite a bit, and I'm excited to discuss those a little bit more in future episodes, but I'm just feeling like it's a season of newness and excitement and new endeavors, new challenges, feeling like the universe is manifesting some really interesting and awesome things for me. I can just kind of feel that energy, the way it's swirling. And I'm curious if maybe you're feeling that same thing in your life, just some pulls to something different or challenging. Um, Where I kind of feel it swirling in my mind is this like push to stop playing small and and go big and have some pretty cool and amazing opportunities that are... um, they're simmering and they're just coming to me and I'm staying open and I'm, I'm just really curious to see how this all comes together. But it's definitely that interesting time of year when the newness of the new year has worn off and we're still a ways from the energizing summer. And so it's kind of this in-between space is what I would describe it as. And so I'm just really kind of buckling down and am feeling sated in this space, just taking one day at a time and sort of trying to do today better than yesterday. And there's an analysis that kind of runs through my mind at night when I go to bed now, just surveying the day and asking myself if there's places I could have shown up better or more fully or more present, if there were things I could have done or said 
in a better way or maybe not said them and honestly just kind of grading myself on a scale of one to ten you know if today was my last day how happy would I be with it and so I'm just taking advantage of this in-between space in this February to do some of that self-assessment have also had the opportunity to spend more time than usual with family lately being able to visit my 92 soon to be 93 year old grandmother and my parents and um, that's been really awesome and fulfilling as well so I think sometimes when we're always in this what's next what's next phase we kind of stop and don't appreciate the space that we're in and I think it's good to always be building and working towards some new goal or some new uh, chapter in our lives but at the same time I think those are also great times and opportunities to just kind of hunker down into our circles and our people and instead of constantly chasing the what's next, just say, like, who in my life haven't I spent the time and the attention with that deserves it from me, and I'm going to just make them the priority. So anyway, that's where this podcast is finding me. That's the space that I'm in. I'm excited for the year ahead, but I'm also just really grounded down into this present space. And the uh, funny thing about my guest today is that Noah and I have known each other for a long time. There's actually probably a handful of topics that I would have loved to have interviewed him about, and maybe we'll come back for those. But he and I decided that it would be really fun to explore this notion of online dating because it's been his reality for a few years, and he's now in a very wonderful, committed relationship with his girlfriend, and things are going so well there, and it's just really cool to see a happy ending to the story of lots of first dates and basically not giving up hope, but also this persisting message that you'll hear from Noah, which is don't settle and don't accept less than you want and deserve. And then sort of to that point, also being very clear on what you know and what you want. And the interesting thing about the timing of our talk today is that just last week I had a coach suggest to me that I write my letter to my future soulmate and thank them and love them and appreciate them for the characteristics and traits that I believe that I'm looking for and also make a list of things that are um, an absolute no, an absolute non-negotiable. And so that's been a really powerful exercise because no one has ever suggested that I really get clear on that stuff. And that's, that's been really um, pivotal in my mind. And so then to hear Noah sort of express the same sentiments, that's been pretty cool to see all of that come full circle. So Whether you're married or single, I think that you may take away some things here. Uh, Noah is an uh, avid feminist, and he, frankly, at the end of the day, just believes that you should be nice to everyone no matter what, and he talks a little bit about that in his podcast, too. Um, It's just fun to interview friends and find out what makes them tick and where they came to believe the opinions and thoughts um, that they have, sort of where those seeds were planted along the way. And it's really fun to hear him kind of explore some of that stuff out loud. We also talk about a book. I'll have it included on the website too, but it's The Five Love Languages. I highly recommend that you check it out and test what your love languages are as well as the languages that your person feels love. And sometimes we find out that we are not communicating our love in a way that it is being heard. So with that, I, uh, I introduce you to my friend Noah Schaubacher. He's, he's an awesome dude. He's a regular Dirty Kanza 200 racer. So if you'll be there in June, make sure you say hi to Noah. And I hope you enjoy this one on the topic of online dating. Really tough to be single. 
And at the same time, the best thing to do is to wait until you can find someone who lights up for you and who gets you to light up for them. And I went ahead and I'm so glad I did. I snuck in the record button right as you started saying that because that is a wonderful opening statement for this entire show. And I just thought that was so beautifully said. And and what I heard you say there, Noah, was when you're looking for someone, it can be really easy to almost get desperate or settle because you're just so over being single. But what you said at the second part there was that it's really best to wait for someone um, who who truly fulfills you and lights you up and who you light up as well, to use your words. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy getting to know people. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, go on a number of dates and even have some short-term relationships while you're figuring that out. Because none of us knows ahead of time whether we're going to be long-term compatible with someone or not. So it's important to give yourself the opportunity to, to, to be gentle with yourself and to be compassionate with yourself when those relationships that you try out don't work out the way you hope. Uh, and, and to know that it's not because you're a bad person, it's not because the other person's a bad person, hopefully, but instead because ultimately you weren't a particularly good fit. And that's okay. It, it's, it's okay to acknowledge that and be compassionate with yourself and the other person and be okay with moving on to find someone who is a good fit. Awesome advice. And what I hear you saying there too is that you have to be okay putting yourself out there. In other words, you're not going to meet your person in your living room. So you have to accept that there are going to be some failed attempts. Um, and that's part of the journey, right? That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And you and I had discussed how we wanted to talk about uh, kind of online dating apps and how you go about um, using them or what, what, you know, how to, how to hopefully improve your experience with them. And I want to, I want to foreground this by acknowledging that a lot of these apps are really awful for women ah. because they give angry, unpleasant men, uh, one more Avenue to harass women with. Oh, interesting. And, and that can be a really terrible thing. I've, I've heard some real horror stories from friends of mine about messages they've received on OkCupid, Tinder, Bumble, Match.com, but also horrible things they've, horrible messages they've received from men on Instagram. Right. Or Twitter. Yeah. So it, it's one more, it, it is, like I said, I just want to acknowledge up front that this is, uh, any form of communication can be misused. And this gives um, guys who are unpleasant, who are misogynists, who are terrible, one more avenue to do that. So that's, that's good insight. And, 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 it's, and it's okay to um, do whatever you need to, to maintain your good outlook on the world and to put up boundaries. And if that includes not using these apps for a time, not using these services for a time, or figuring out a way to minimize the ways that people can, ways that men can harass you, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, having good boundaries is an important part of 
being in a good relationship and sure. an important part of finding the right relationship. Sure. So, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever used OkCupid before. I have not. They have a, a system where you answer a bunch of personal, a bunch of questions that are theoretically supposed to provide some insight into your personality. And one of those questions is, do you think that you have the right to forbid your anything to your partner? Oh, interesting. And uh, I, th- I think I, I would hope that the answer for everyone is yes, because you have the right to forbid people to hurt you. You you don't have to stick around and let let someone take advantage of you. You don't have to stick around and let someone uh, abuse you or even make you feel bad, um, because that is not, at least from my perspective, that's not a loving relationship. No, that's that's not a good relationship. So I think and. Again, I think women are socialized to sacrifice their needs and desires, including um, putting up with a whole bunch of horrible stuff from people who they are in relationships with uh, in order to, quote-unquote, make the relationship work. Sure. And nobody should have to do that. So um, I, I I think that my... My advice to certainly my friends, but to anyone who is looking for looking for a relationship in any medium, is to keep in mind that you deserve happiness and support and care, and you absolutely do not deserve anger or cruelty or anything that that makes you feel bad. Well, and I want to back up for just a second because I need to introduce you to our listeners, Noah. Uh, today's guest is Noah Schabacher. Did I say that right that time? You you said it right. I am, I am amazed. <laughs> you, you said it right the first time and you said it right the second time. So I, I am astonished. <laughs> Noah and I met through cycling. I think specifically Dirty Kansas where we really started to connect. Um, but Noah is also an attorney and he's in a completely different realm of law than I am. And so we've always enjoyed kind of bantering about the pros and cons of private pet practice and, and public sector and private sector and nonprofit work. And, um, and Noah is also just incredibly uh, fiercely uh, a feminist in the sense that he is very much on uh, the front lines for women's rights and just super proactive and vocal about topics that um, I think just take a tremendous amount of, um, frankly, courage and just knowing oneself to be so vocal about them. I've always really admired you for that. And um, as we've gotten to know each other through cycling, we've talked quite a bit about just dating apps and things as we've both been single. And um, you've shared some of your good stories with me. And I've shared that I'm um, pretty hesitant to, to try the dating apps and and haven't. And then I see you're, you're in this just amazing, wonderful relationship and had the opportunity to meet you and this woman that you're you're in this relationship with now and, and just have seen how um, just like all the work was worth it is kind of the takeaway that I have. And so when I asked you to be on the podcast, I said, what do you think about talking about dating apps and, and feminism? And you're like, cool, let's do it. So, <laughs> so here we are. Um, so maybe just give me the backstory, like, um, you know, serious relationships uh, in the in the recent past, what kind of prompted you to choose which dating apps you were going to use? What were some of the highlights and lowlights of those apps? And, um, you know, kind of what's your, what, what would be your advice to give people in that space? 
Yeah, sure. Um, and thank you very much for the uh, incredibly generous introduction. I, I, I have always really appreciated our conversations, and yes, um, I, I haven't I haven't been on the front lines of feminist activism for a while, but I'm still involved and supportive. So yes, you are. Um, I, I I I do my best there, which um, I appreciate. <laughs> uh, happy happy to whatever whatever small contribution i can make i am i'm very happy to do it um so i i think that um so that there are any number of ways uh, apps services for meeting people uh, using the internet you have apps like tinder and bumble you have services that are free like okcupid or that you pay for like match.com uh, I believe there are some other uh, apps and services out there that I'm not familiar with. Those are kind of the, the, the few that I've used, and so I have kind of firsthand experience with. Um, uh, you know, I want to I foreground that, um, uh, you know, a lot of, I think that most of these apps are, uh, got their start as kind of trying to introduce heterosexual people to each other. Yep. So uh, there may be... Um, uh, apps for GLBTQ people that I am not aware of or services that I'm yep. not aware of. Um, similarly, if you are, um, uh, if you ha- are interested, if your sexuality runs kind of outside the mainstream, I'm sure that there are apps available for that as well. I'm just not familiar with them. Yep. So, you know, I, I just want to kind of foreground that that's the context that I'm coming from. Leave it to the lawyer to always put that fine print in there. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, <laughs> no, I, 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 I want to. I want uh, the reason I bring this up is that for a while there was uh, the who is it eHarmony. Uh, eHarmony was owned by some folks who were opposed to same-sex relationships. Oh, I and see. And so um, you would fill out this intense questionnaire, probably spend a few hours on it, and then you, and at the end you would say that you were looking for someone of the same gender that you were. And they would come back and say, oh, no one, no one who you might partner with exists in our database. Oh, bummer. And so that, that would be, uh, I can only imagine how dispiriting that would be. Yep. So um, I, I, I don't think that there's quite that much blatant discrimination in these services and apps these days. Uh, I know that uh, Tinder and Bumble, you can match same-sex. I think that OkCupid has been pretty inclusive for quite some time. Um, uh, match, I think, has been for some time as well. But just know that, um, you know, kind of, kind of that's that's the background that I'm coming at it from is a you know fairly standard heterosexual relationships. Sure. <clears throat> so I think that the most important thing with any of these is that you are genuine when you're describing yourself. Let me and. and uh, you might think that's obvious, right? <laughs> yes. The what's weird though is that I can write you a standard profile for any of these um, apps or services in about five sentences. I am a laid-back or easygoing guy or girl. I really enjoy a night in. But I can also get dressed up and go out. I really like insert name of sports team, games. Um, uh, yep. <laughs> I, yep. Uh, I'm active. I've, right. I, 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 I really like snowboarding, skiing, <laughs> hiking, 
insert whichever one is appropriate. I have enjoyed my youth. Now I'm ready for a more serious relationship. Right. So if your uh, if your profile sounds like that, you sound like every single other person on that wow. website. Uh, and then people are trying to make decisions off of your pictures. And and that's not necessarily the worst way to make a decision about how you're attracted to someone. Right. But if you are interested in trying to meet someone who's interested, who wants you for more than just uh, what your face looks like, um, and you're interested in connecting with someone, uh, with someone's mind as well, uh, then I think that you probably need to be a little more forthcoming about who you are as a person and what you're per- and what you're looking for in a relationship. And can you give me a couple examples of anything that you remember that kind of stood uh, stood out or would you even um, give tips for how you went off the script then for your profile description? Um sh- sure. I was very uh, so I, the way that I connect with people is through conversation. So my profile was fairly lengthy. I had several paragraphs, I think, written in each space that, in response to each prompt provided by OkCupid. And <clears throat> I talked about kind of significant event. Uh, I, I would talk about maybe a significant event in my life. Okay. Or I would talk about how... Uh, I had changed in in the past few years. I said I I I I'd become quieter over the over the last few years, and I would, but I was in my inner life, my my exterior presentation more resembled my my inner life. Uh huh. So oh, that's a good one. That's right, unique. Mm-hmm, trying to be more genuine and talking about how compassion and care is very important to me. Talking about how. Um, uh, I, so, for instance, I don't drink alcohol. It's not a moral thing. It's just that I don't like the taste of it. Yep. But talking about how that meant that I was not really interested in going out to a bar for a first date. Right. I'd be much more interested in going on a hike or uh, having brunch. I think that sharing conversation and food is a great way to get to know people. Yep. Now, that's just me. Uh, other people might have other ways that they really, that's something that really does it for them. Maybe it's paintball. Maybe it is sharing a beer at a baseball game. Maybe it is uh, talking in the, uh, uh, on the ski lift as you're, you're going up to the slopes. But, um, I think, I think it's important to know yourself as you are trying to find a partner, because that way you will know what's important to you and what sort of person you're looking for. Um, uh, I, I think that it's, we, we can always be surprised by the person that we connect with, but that doesn't mean that we, um, uh, it, it, there's no way that I would have been able to connect with someone who really enjoyed going out to the bars three or four nights a week. Sure. No. Right. Our, and our how li- often, yep. And how often did you, wouldn't have, wouldn't have uh, been compatible. And I suspect that a lot of what you saw in terms of disappointment is that people would say they wanted something and then very quickly uh, realize that that's not actually what they're into or what they want. Um, 
like you could have probably landed yourself a lot more first dates had you said I'm up for a beer at a game and then quite quickly that would have become obvious that that's not your style how many people out there are conveying things that they think others want to hear when in fact it's not what they're into right and and this gets back to kind of my 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 opening statement of it, it's a, it, it's okay to feel to to feel lonely and it's okay to to worry about finding someone um and it's really important to um, uh, saying no is just as important as saying yes. So knowing that you don't want that you don't want to go to a baseball game, or that you don't want to go watch action movies, or that you don't want to um, go have a fancy dinner, um, or it's important to you to, to have a, a kind of a fancy dinner as a first date. Those are all legitimate things they just aren't maybe right for you um so it's it's knowing what's important to you in a relationship and and here i want to recommend there's a there's a a book about the uh, the five love languages oh i was just gonna say that you read my mind Mm -hmm. um i I do that on occasion um Uh (laughs) and i well the thought i was having was how important to ourselves before we start putting ourselves out on that Right, right, and and I think that <clears throat> um, uh, I think I think that that's difficult, right? I think it's hard to be able to know who you are and what you want, um, because it requ- it requires effort, and and it's o- it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you don't want to put that effort in, um, and being able to strike that balance, I think is, it can be difficult for people who do know themselves. And then you, you look out and you, you, you read those same profiles from, you know, men or women, whoever you're into that are five sentences long and sound exactly the same as, as every other person's profile. And, and that can be pretty dispiriting. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that the, when we think of places to meet people, um, we think of bars. Yep. Right. We think of maybe other social areas. Maybe we're part of a, a church. Uh, maybe through work. Um, you know, there's there's a number of places where we interact with others. A lot of people meet their significant other when they're in college or grad school. Um, but people are people in America are marrying later. Right, they are further into their careers. They're more settled into their ways, and so they are interacting with fewer people outside of um, outside of work. Yeah. And the number of people who are meeting their significant others through work is declining. Um, I, you know, just so you know, when I when I share stuff like that, I couldn't tell you where I've read it, but I know I have read it. Sure, so, sure. Uh, no, I believe you. You've got credibility to me. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I I think that the advantage to things like uh, the advantage to online dating is that you are exposed to people who you wouldn't otherwise meet, right? You are, uh, for instance, there's no way I would have met my girlfriend in either of our day-to-day lives. She lived in Longmont. I lived in Boulder. I'm a cyclist. She's not. Um, the, our, our, she went to yoga. I didn't. Um, sure. You know, there's all, none of our um, day-to-day lives would have brought us into contact, and so kind of having the opportunity to uh, 
meet people who are not within those usual social circles is I th- can I th- can be a really um, advantageous thing. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. And you know, I think uh, for me at least, the advantage to the online dating stuff as well is that it is a context in which it is entirely appropriate to approach people. I'm very aware that, uh, certainly in America, it's it, kind of societally, the assumption is a woman is out in public, therefore she is interested in men hitting on her. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case, but that I think that is the kind of, the, that's the operating assumption for a lot of men, right? If, like, if you see a woman at the gym, you should ask her out. Totally. If you, if you see a woman at a... Uh, cafe, you should ask her out. If yep. you are a contractor who comes to take care of some IT problems for a small business owner, you should ask her out. <laughs> right. 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 The assumption is that a lot of men assume that yep. because a woman is out in public, that means she is available and interested in being hit on. And I don't think that's the case. And I think that uh, that's a pretty uh, terrible burden for women to have to put up with. <laughs> And so the app at least removes that strangeness and there's an assumed, you know, mutual meeting of the minds that this is an right. appropriate venue for it. Exactly. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's no, if, if you were on OkCupid or Tinder or Bumble or any of the other ones, there's, there's no question that you too are interested in being approached by people who you might be interested in. Yep. So there, there's no kind of awkward why is this random person yeah, totally. <laughs> talking to me in the grocery store line as if uh, 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 we're, we're trying, as if we're going to have a moment here? Right. Why, why am I being followed <laughs> around the supermarket? I don't understand. Right. So. Um, this is what I love and appreciate you about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Well, so, okay, let's get to the, let's get to the actual, like, of the apps that you've been on, which ones would you say uh, you had better or worse experiences with, or which would you say, and of course we're generalizing, we're basing these off of your experience and, and people that you've talked to, but um, do you like the ones where you have to put in more information and it makes you think and you have to actually do some legwork? Do you like the ones that you have to pay for because then you're dealing with other people that are equally serious? Um, you know, I think that you can tell on any one of these who is interested in trying to find a relationship and who is um, trying to have some sort of short-term setup. Uh, Tinder has a reputation as being a place where people go to find hookups. Uh, I think at the same time, there are plenty of people on there who are using it to try to find genuine connections and long-term relationships. And they will often say that in their profile. So it's pretty easy to tell. Um, uh, who is who's there for what? Um, you know, I think Bumble has a reputation of the swipey apps of being the one that's more focused on um, relationships. I think it is uh, one that is uh, the um, most responsive to concerns about uh, women being harassed, and that oh, okay. Uh, so what, after you match on Bumble, uh, the woman has to write the first message in order to allow messages to be exchanged. Um, so there's, there's an added level of control there. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Cupid, which is where my girlfriend and I met, um, 
there have been some changes over the last few years, over the, the, they were instituting some changes right around that time. So I'm not super clear on how the um, communication stuff is working there now, but I, you know, I do like being able to read kind of more extended thoughts from people. Sure. I, I would be much more likely to try to connect with someone who I had a good sense of um, who they were from their writing gotcha. than someone who wrote just a few lines. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm going to, uh, I haven't used match.com in quite some time. Uh, that one I think is, it allows people to get on for free and then you have to pay okay. in order to start exchanging messages or at oh, least that's the way it was many years ago. I doubt it's changed. Uh, and actually just so everyone knows match.com and OkCupid are owned by the same people. So you could say that they're kind of going oh. after different uh, tiers of the market with that. OkCupid okay. is free. Match.com requires paying. Um, but, you know, uh, presumably people who are paying for it are going to be more serious because they really want to find a relationship that sure. they're willing to lay down some cash. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to say this also. When you're writing to someone, uh, don't open with, hey, or <laughs> how are you? Sup, and, dude. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's it, right? Like, don't, like, my suggestion <laughs> take it for what it's worth, is to write a little bit about yourself that you thought was cool. Write a little something that you thought was cool in that person's profile. Ask them a question or two and kind of use that to put the ball in their court. The same uh, conversational skills that work in person, right. showing interest in another person, work pretty well when you're writing to someone as well. Right. It's just, just my suggestion. Um, and, you know, good grammar always earns the extra yes, points. Yes, Like uh, spelling things properly. I, I, apparently. <sighs> so based, based on, again, based on what I've read just in profiles from what I can recall, uh, there is a terrible, terrible lack of spelling ability among men in America who who can't spell and also don't know how to distinguish their homophones. That's there, there, and there. Uh-huh. Or your and your. Um, you know, just um, like mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. use your, you know, uh, just think it through. Um, don't don't write like you're sending a quick quick text message. Right. Um, uh, you know, if, if you want someone to pay attention to you, Show some care in your in your messaging that that shows you're interested in them. And then I'm told one of the biggest tricks slash secrets uh, slash tests of these apps is how quickly you can potentially get someone to meet you in person, and that sometimes you can go down the rabbit hole of ongoing texts for weeks and weeks without ever meeting the person. So it sounds like one of the things you want to try to push for fairly quickly on both the man and the woman's side is to try and meet for a coffee or something, but at least just to get in person. Um, would you agree with that? Like it can turn into a huge time suck if you don't. Yeah, I think I think that it can easily turn into a time suck. I think I think that if you exchange if you two exchange two messages, that's a pretty good indi indicator. You know, you send one, the other person writes back. You write back, they write back. That's probably all the um, online communication that you need. And from there, you can say, "Hey, I'm I'm enjoying this. Maybe we can see how we get along in person." Um, uh, uh, again, this is advice for men. Uh, I would recommend coffee is a good yeah. coffee, in a, coffee in a public place is really good because um, uh, 
I have bad news, guys. Um, <laughs> a number of our fellow men have given us a bad reputation. Women are assaulted all the time. Yes. So uh, keep in mind that safety is a really important thing. So yep. don't be proposing midnight meetings at a bar. Don't be proposing come to my house. Don't be proposing let's go for a let's go for a walk in a deserted you know on a, on a deserted trail. Yeah. Um, meeting in a in a cheerful public place is a great way to start, and that way everyone can get a sense of each other. Um, you can cut down on the impression that you are a crazed freakazoid who right. wants to bundle your date into a van and, you know, reenact the silence of the land. Oh God. Oh God. You're killing me. Here. <laughs> um, uh. you know, uh, to, to the extent that you can, um, uh, I would say see things from the perspective of people who may not feel as secure in society as you do. Yeah. That would be a good thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you probably went on a lot of first dates, but what would be the percentage you would say of how many got to a second date? Is it pretty few and far between where you end up having a second time? I, I would say it's very few. And, and I think it's, I think it's really important when you meet someone and it's perfectly fine, right? You, you don't, you don't have a terrible time. I might, well, my weirdest first date was, uh, the young woman I went on the date with ended up getting her nipples pierced while we were on the date. Um, wow. That'll yeah, that do was, it. That was, uh, that was something. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would say that, um, maybe 10% of first dates turned into second dates. Okay. And, and again, it's not because they were bad people. It's not because either of us was mean. It's just, uh, no chemistry there. Yeah, no just the chemistry. And, and I think it's totally, I think it's actually really good if you're not feeling um, like you want to have a second date to just say, hey, I enjoyed our time together. You know, you, we, you know, we only spent 30 minutes or so at coffee or an hour at coffee, but I really enjoyed meeting you. I didn't really feel any sparks with you, um, but I wish you the best of luck. And that way everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Uh, everybody feels like the the interaction was as positive as possible no one likes being rejected but that way you're you're doing Where it the nicest way on. possible right exactly yeah. and no one's wondering yeah so, that makes sense yeah oh boy all kinds of good stuff there um so how many um i guess i would say did you have many that turned into somewhat serious relationships where it went more than you know a month or two Hmm. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how many, how many frogs were telling people they got to go kiss before they might find someone with potential. Cause I hear what you're saying about it's a matter of math and statistics. So you have to be out there meeting people to make that a likelihood. Right. Well, and, and let me say, I, I think that if you feel like you're seeing nothing but frogs and you are unhappy trying to date, don't do it. Take a break. Focus on, yourself. Uh, spend more time reading. Uh, watch all the Oscar movies that you want to. Uh, go to the gym more. Whatever, whatever it is that really brings you joy in life, do more of that. Because um, it's not worth it to, to make yourself feel really bad feeling like you have to be out there dating when you're not liking it. That's great but advice. To, so, But if you are dating, 
how can I put this? Um, I think that, again, it is probably harder for women to meet men who they want to spend more time with. Um, mm. there's any number of reasons for that. Part of it is, uh, you know, part of it is that we live in a sexist society. Men are allowed to be selfish and do their own thing and not worry about these things, whereas there's a whole bunch of pressure on women to find a guy, to be what a guy wants. Yeah. Um, uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, uh, I think that the good thing about online dating is that you can do a lot of the filtering ahead of time. So if, if it's important to you that someone is able to spell and their profile is full of spelling errors, you can say, this person doesn't, maybe doesn't seem like the sort of person I want to connect with. If they talk a lot about hunting and you're just not into hunting, that's a, that's a good way of, of deciding that you don't want to respond to them or that you don't right. want to connect with them. So, uh, in you know, theory, I, I, you start off with at least a couple good characteristics in theory, if you choose them or swipe them or reply back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, uh, so, and you know, the other thing I'll say is that all this can take time. I have a cousin who was in her 40s before she found someone who she really connected with and felt really good about. Um, and you're in a great space now. You have a, a good ending to this story. Right, exactly. And, uh, and you know, I'm in my late 30s at this point. So, um, you know, with, with a number of, um, you know, good relationships that came to an end just because we weren't right for each other, mm -hmm. um, some relationships that came to an end that was sad for one or the other of us again, because we weren't right for each other, but you know, one or the other of us was more invested in it. And so, and that's, I mean, that's a tough thing, right? right. You, if it you're is. in a relationship with someone and they want to hang on and you know that it's not right for you, that's, that's a pretty tough thing. Absolutely. Um, none of us, none of us likes to disappoint other people and it never gets easier to disappoint someone else um, and it always gets harder on you to not be true to your feelings and what you know you need. Absolutely. Um, well, I want to take you back to the five love languages real quick because you just touched on a space where you said, listen, if this just isn't feeling right or you feel like you're forcing this, take a step back and better yourself as a person, go to the gym. I just, I, I really appreciate that suggestion. I love the fact that you mentioned the five love languages. This has continued to come up in many circles um, uh, that I run in uh, just as recently as this weekend. It is a book I've read and I, I actually want to go back and, and reread it again for myself. But the concept is knowing how you receive love and then also how you like to show love. And they're not always the same. And more importantly, you could be showing love to your partner in a way that you like to have love shown and they may not be hearing it because their love language is something else. And so what I'm hearing you say is, um, that's the sort of self-inquiry that would be really, really helpful for someone before they start going out into the dating world. Even Myers-Briggs or some of these other strength finders, but certainly the love languages. Um, how did that start to shape how you approach dating after you read that book? 
Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a secret here. I've okay. never actually read the book. <laughs> okay, well now you have to. <laughs> uh, but I am fam- I am familiar with the concept. I love it. And and I think that so the five love languages is a great model for yes. understanding how you show love and how you receive love. Um, and even if you don't use that model, it, I think it's a, a good thing to think about, which is how do I show my partner that they're important to me? Yep. And how do I know that I'm important to my partner? Right. Like maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's really important for you to you for, um, the person you're with to tell you, I love you all the time. Right. Or maybe it's really important to, uh, hold hands when you're walking down the street. Right. Um, uh, so, um, uh, just being able to, um, find, you know, know, know what makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. I think that's really important when you're out in the world looking for prospective people. Yeah. Um, uh, because, um, ultimately you want someone who makes you feel good. You want to feel good in your relationship. And, um, uh, knowing what turns you on, what turns you off, what is going to make you stick around when, um, you know, being turned on is, uh, uh, not something that happens every time you see the person. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, the, the, Catholic Church does some pre-marriage counseling, a lot of which I think is not the, not so great, but some of it is, which it, it talks about kind of like, what, what what is it that is important to you about your partner that you're getting ready to marry? And let me tell you, if, uh, you know, my girlfriend looks like a model is really important to you, uh, you need to rethink that and maybe do some, some, uh, 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 some self-examination oh, yeah. because everybody's looks fade. We're all going to get saggy. We're all going to get wrinkly. We're all going to put on weight. And, uh, so you better have something more than I like the way that this person, I like this person's tan to keep the relationship going. Right. Because, um, uh, you're, you're going to be real disappointed if someone's looks are the most important thing to you. Um, because your partner's looks are going to fade and your looks are going to fade, and you need you need something that's going to be there after that happens. I always like to envision um, myself with my person on a porch swing at the age of like eighty nine, and just how that looks and what it is about them that uh, I'm still so um, in love with at that point in my life. And um, and I like to think about who's there with me on my deathbed, and and what is this person. Um, you know, what, what are they sharing with me up to that moment? Um, which it keeps me in a space of being realistic about certain aspects of, of what I'm looking for. Cause I think we do, especially in the, in the era of swiping based on pictures. Um, I think we're programmed to seek things that are fleeting. So I think that's a great point that you make. Um, and I just really love kind of where this conversation has gone, which is that I think self-inquiry is important before we start putting ourselves out there because you, and I'll just use the five love languages as an example you might think that you really like to receive gifts from your person and that's what makes you know that you're loved. And yet, um, which is what I thought I was. And then I took the five love languages and it turns out I'm quality time and physical touch. And so you can be buying me things all day long, but if I don't get your time and attention, I don't feel loved. 
And I think that's so important for us to know what we need before we start going out looking for people. Because if we don't know who we are or what we want, I mean, how can we possibly expect adding a stranger to the mix to add clarity? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, uh, again, I, I think that the kind of looks versus personality um, weight falls more heavily on women. Yes, right? for sure. You know, I mean, guys can be, mm, uh, how, how can I put this charitably? How can you put this? <laughs> guys, guys can be slobbish and uh, get away with it pretty easily. Um, I think that women have a much harder time not wearing makeup, wearing mm-hmm. clothing that is comfortable versus clothing that's designed to draw attention to their bodies. Um, you know, the expectation that women wear heels, um, just any number of things that, that you know, uh, make this a horrible double standard for women. So um, uh, my suggestion to men is get over yourselves. And my suggestion to women is, um, uh, well, I, I don't want to offer suggestions to women because I, I don't want to, my, my suggestion, men, get over yourselves. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> and, my advice. And, and maybe to women, we could say through my voice, um, you know, show up who you are and in what makes you comfortable um, because that is the authentic you. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we want people to see us as, is our authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you love wearing heels, which I know women who do, um, right. don't, don't wear them for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Exactly. If, if you feel more comfortable with makeup on because of socialization and our, the sexist, sexist expectations of our society and everything else, that's fine. That like, that's not, I, I don't want to make, make out like that's a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, uh, I, I just want to tell dudes to, 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 um, Love her be when she up. shows up terrible. as herself. Yeah. yeah. Be less, be less terrible. terrible. <laughs> uh, truly a, a champion, truly a feminist uh, in his in his core. I, I've always enjoyed those conversations with you. I just <laughs> so appreciate all of that about you. Um, and so this whole uh, adventure of yours online has ended in a really positive situation for you. And I'm just really happy about that. And I have met people who've met their person on Tinder or some of these sites. And I I think that's all fantastic. I do appreciate what you said about how anymore we are so like work home gym, work home gym triangle where we don't get out as much as we used to, that it does allow us to add this new group of people to our lives. But I also appreciate what you're saying about how so much of the um, profiles just blend one into the next. And so to really delineate yourself in some way is, is what I hear is the challenge. So, um, you you prefaced this a little bit earlier, but if you could give some specific suggestions as to how someone should write their profile in a way that is their integrity as well as their authentic self, what would you say? You know, I would say write about your values. Write about what is <clears throat> what is it that you're passionate about, and also what are the things that are really important to you, whether it's politically or religiously or ethically and how those things play out in your life. Um, uh, you know, um, y- you can be sure that I uh, talked about feminism in my profile. Good for you. Right? Um, uh, you can be sure that I talked about biking 
in my profile. Yep. Um, I, you know, I also told a story about my grandfather and how um, at the end of his life, he, uh, my, my grandmother had passed away several years before he did. He was uh, dating. He had a girlfriend when, you know, kind of towards the end of his life. And Oh, that's wonderful. She came to his, uh, to the hospital to visit him. And she and my mom were talking outside and she said to my mom, you know, I, uh, you know, I was married for a long time and then I wasn't. And then I started seeing Ernie and now I finally feel like I know how a man is supposed to treat his wife. Wow. And she found it late, but at least she found it. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I said that, you know, that idea of, you know, treating people as I saw my grandfather, you know, interact with this woman that he was seeing inform you know, that's something that's important to me is yep. treat people in ways that make them feel loved. That's a really cool way to have your profile set up too. Cause I don't, think that I've ever heard anyone else describe seeing someone tell a story in their profile. So I'm sure that the type of person you were hoping to attract would have been drawn to that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously it worked. It sure did. <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, Noah, it's totally not on this subject, but it is something just with you telling that story that I just want to explore for a second, which is just where did this notion, this very strong sense of specifically how men should treat women come from like where, where has that been in you your whole life? Uh, that is a great question that I don't know the answer to. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I can remember, um, <clears throat> uh, reading a story from the Arthurian legends that involves a curse being broken because, um, the woman who's cursed is given a choice rather than a man making a choice for her and thinking, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, Mm. uh, I can remember reading some, uh, harrowing, uh, news articles that, um, uh, tried to convey that involved a man trying to convey what it is like for some women to exist in a society where men prey on women. Mm Mm-hmm. And that making a big impact. Um, and this was at a fairly young age, I assume. Uh, I must have been in. I would have been in high school okay. at this point. Um, so yeah, relatively young. Um, and um, I can remember uh, feeling. Uh, I I just have this kind of in addition to kind of the moral aspects of why it's of it being important that women be treated equally, um, just the, just from a, a strictly pragmatic standpoint, the amount of knowledge and advancement that society has lost because women are having to spend so much energy on worrying about, is the boss harassing me? Uh. Is, is this guy who's, who I think might be following me, is he dangerous? Uh, um, you know, how can I do this job when I'm being paid less? I'm, you know, women not being allowed to advance in jobs because they're women. Um, you know, we have lost out on so much because women remain second-class citizens in America and throughout the world that it, mm. it is just 
it's just enraging. Hmm. Um, you know, what, what cancer cures have not been discovered? What, um, uh, you know, energy solutions have not been found because half the population has been, uh, denied the same ability to pursue their interests without having to fight every step of the way as men have. It's a really interesting perspective. I've never heard it stated that way. I've just always known how strongly you felt about all of this. And so that's just really, um, it's so interesting to hear. And I just know, I just know how strongly you do feel about it and have, have always been so vocal about it. And I really appreciate that. Um, I love the advice that you've given to men on this podcast. And I suspect that you have advice for women too, but I know that you're a little bit hesitant to offer that simply because you're not coming from a female's perspective, but Um, but is there anything that maybe your girlfriend or some of the women that you know have shared with you about things that they, they would or wouldn't recommend when it comes to dating online? Um, I think that, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I have talked about this uh, a bit. I think that trusting yourself, right? There, there is nothing wrong with you if there's nothing wrong with saying goodbye to a relationship that doesn't work. There's nothing wrong with listening to that voice inside you that says, this is not the right thing for me mm-hmm. and letting it go. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing what it is that you want and waiting for that until you find it, I think is uh, the best thing that people can do for themselves. Um, you know, so I think, Maybe in some ways what I would say to women um, is um, be willing to be selfish. That's good. Right? This, this is, this is, you know, the, 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 the person that you share um, a romantic relationship with is a place where hopefully you can be vulnerable and ecstatic and enjoy support and love and care um, for quite some time. And so be selfish in making that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, uh, don't settle for someone who is not interested in you as a person. Don't settle for someone who expects you to do all of the housework. Don't settle for someone who calls you names or who denigrates your interests or, you know, doesn't bother to pay attention to what's important to you. Trust that you are going to find someone who is going to make you light up um, because there are those people out there and you will find them. Um, And the more time that you spend with someone who's not right is less time that you have available to be finding those people who are are the, the person who's right for you. That's right. I love that. Something isn't better than nothing. Um, to your point about not settling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. That's great advice. I really appreciate all this, Noah, just the candor and, uh, and just the, um, you know, very open sharing of your own personal experience and, and you and your girlfriend definitely provide hope to the situation. And it makes me feel really good about the fact that good things come from these online dating apps and, um, just being clear in who you are and what you want before you kind of come to the game, I think is a critical piece. And then, and then holding those standards, um, 
until, until the one, until the, yeah. the, you find your person. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have to say, I don't, I don't think that there is only one person out there for people. I think there are many people who we could be compatible with. Sure. Sure. It's just a matter of, um, alignment. Yeah. The per- yeah, exactly. Alignment and the person that you meet being the right person for you at that time. Um, so, um, you know, I, you know, it, it would be a little weird if, if, you know, gee, everybody has only one person. It right. just so happens to be the, the boy you met in high school who lives <laughs> down the street when it was the 1950s and right. the 1980s. It's so just, you know, the, the, the guy you meet in college and, you know, or, you know, in the 2000s. So it just happens to be the woman on the, the, the sports rec ball team that, you know, you yep. happen to play with in the same town. Because, you know, that's not really the case. That's you know, geographical it, proximity right there. <laughs> right. It's, you know, and, and that's not to say that, you know, those aren't, that those aren't good connections. Right. Or that, you know, they aren't, you know, your person, just that, you know, the idea that there's only one person who could ever work for you, who could ever be your, your partner out there, I, I think is, um, uh, can, can cause hopelessness. Know that you can sure. have good relationships, even if they don't last permanently, Know that you can have um, uh, uh, good and fulfilling, uh, you know, experiences, even if they are not um, ones that turn into uh, a lifetime together. That's okay. Um, you know, you are going to learn about yourself, and you're going to learn what's important to you and what you're looking for. And um, you know, there there are plenty of people for whom uh, a long term partner is not something they're looking for, and that's okay too. Right. It's, it's okay to be single. It's okay to be in shorter relationships, and it's okay to be in long-term relationships, as long as you are feel as long as you aren't feeling like you're giving up a part of yourself in order to be in those relationships. That's the key issue, right there. Yeah. And, uh, well, let- and Megan, whenever you whenever you decide to get online and start looking, I'm happy to to take a look at your profile and <laughs> offer some suggestions. Lovely. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might just actually go join a convent, but um, but no, if I decide uh, to do that, I will definitely let you know. And um, I appreciate that, Noah. And I do want you to read Five Love Languages, too. I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> um, so to wrap up, it has nothing to do with dating. It has to do with Noah the human, which we didn't get nearly <laughs> enough time to explore. But I do love to ask people when they reflect back on their lives um, or at their funeral or on their deathbed or however you want to say it at the end of your life, looking back. Um, what are some things that you hope people will say about you or that you will be remembered by? Um, I hope that I am remembered for, uh, being a supportive friend, uh, being a kind person and being, um, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, being there for the important people in my life, whatever that looked like. Um, you know, there are any number of things that seem small when we're, when we're doing it, but are large to other people. That's true. So, you know, I, I, I just hope that the, um, you know, I'm remembered for kindness and, and supportiveness for the, for the people I care about. I love that. And I suspect that you will be based on what I know of you, because that is how I see you show up is, is fully present and engaged for your people. And um, to our listeners, if you want to support Noah in June, you'll be tackling which number, Dirty Kansas? Is this six or seven now? This this will be number 
six. Okay. He's number six. So awesome. Um, so you can track him online on the online tracker. It is June, uh, what, what is it, the 4th this year? Second. Second, June 2nd. Second. Um, are you, yeah, are you so be there, I will be there. Yep, I will be there. And I will see you in Emporia, Kansas, uh, back for another round. And I, I wish you all the best of luck there, as well as in your amazing fantastic relationship that you're in it just makes me so happy and i thank you so much for being on the show as well well thank you so much for inviting me on and i want to wish you the best of luck in uh deciding whether to join a convent or to join <laughs> okay <Cupid. laughs> and <laughs> the best of luck as well in in, in your cycling I, I i know that i will be waving to you as you pass by me Not when we're, when we're out, on the, uh, out on the roads there <laughs> thanks noah <laughs> Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.